Hey, everybody, this is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast, part of the Dimcast Podcast Network. I'm your host, Stephan Cox. Today, with so much uncertainty about the path forward for 2020, we check in with Indivisible. Megan hatcher Mays is Indivisible's Director of Democracy Policy, and she weighs in on the passage of the $2 trillion stimulus bill. And she has advice for what we as members can be doing while we're stuck at home. That is all ahead, so stay with us. The events of the last few days have been enormously consequential with Governor Inslee ordering people to remain at home for at least two weeks. And there was the passage of a $2 trillion stimulus package in the Senate and now the House. So I thought it would be a good idea to check in with Indivisible, not only just get some thoughts on the stimulus legislation, but also to talk about the path forward for Indivisible this year in in an election cycle in the face of the coronavirus pandemic. And also, I think it would be important to hear about what we members can be doing while we are stuck at home. So I have invited on our friend Megan Hatcher-Mays. She is the Director of Democracy Policy for Indivisible. Megan, I'll just start by asking you, um, how are you doing? Um, Good. We're all doing well here in D.C. Our remote staff um, is obviously already used to working from home. So all of our great um, regional organizers and state-based organizers are all doing amazing. Um, the DC staff is getting used to <laughs> working from home with our pets and our kids and all that stuff. But we, uh, the fight goes on despite the, um, the coronavirus. Now, do you have shelter in place in DC? Has that been declared? They not, not, um, officially, but basically they, sh- the mayor here shut down all non-essential businesses, Got the it. grocery stores and everything like that are still open. The pharmacies, things like that. But otherwise, Everything's closed down. Uh, the restaurants are switching over to completely like a delivery model. So we're trying to do our best to support yeah. the local restaurants, things like that. But everything else is pretty much closed down. It, have you been out at all for like a walk? I'm just kind of wondering what the, the mood is like and what the feel is like in, in D.C. right now. Yeah, it's quiet. Um, people took a while to get the message. I mean, I, you may have seen photos of people down at the tidal basin which is where the cherry blossoms are a huge i did see that yeah really upsetting people were way too close to each other um so the national park service ended up um kind of shutting that down at least to a degree where traffic wasn't getting through there quite as much um but in the neighborhoods and stuff it's really really quiet i I did go for a walk today actually and of course dc is a very work-based um culture so in fact there are a lot of people walking around on conference calls Mm. on zoom calls (laughs) (laughs) so walking around the parks still taking those very important various government and nonprofit calls even from the park so people have adjusted i think pretty well um but there were some hiccups i think along the way yeah as to be expected uh it does sound like the business of governments goes on sort of i mean i think (laughs) i think people are sort of wondering about the federal response but i I do want to get your thoughts on the two trillion dollar stimulus package as i mentioned it uh, was passed in the senate and then just before we started recording the house uh, passed it it is the largest in history trump is expected to sign it and i know that indivisible has been pushing for certain provisions here and i think the democrats have tried to get in what they could what parts of the legislation is indivisible happy with Yeah, well, first of all, I would say that we are actually happy, pretty happy with how the Democrats handled it. I mean, the original um, offering from the Republicans was just a non-starter. It it didn't include nearly enough money for unemployment insurance or voting or anything like that. And Senate Democrats were able to bring up um, 
uh, that funding for a lot of those programs that we wanted. So they, I think they really did do their best. They don't have the majority in the Senate, and I think they negotiated to the best of their ability. Um, unfortunately, the House, I think, had an opportunity to try to fix this version of the bill, and they didn't take it today. So some of the good stuff in the bill is the expanded unemployment insurance. So that's very good. The payments are good. It's going to be about $600 a week. That's roughly $15 an hour if you are laid off from a uh, full-time job. So it's really, really important that Democrats got that money in the bill because a lot of Republicans did not want it to be that much. And that applies for gig workers as well, right? Yeah, and I know that some states like New York, for example, is going to extend that to like Grubhub employees, Postmates delivery guys, things like that. So um, hopefully folks who work those types of jobs will be able to access those funds. Um, So that is one really good thing that ended up in the bill. The rest of it needs some work, I'm sorry to say. Um, Like I said, the initial offering from Republicans, they only offered $140 million to kind of beef up the election system for November. Um, That is, I mean, you might as well have just offered zero dollars. That is not going to do anything. That's not going to help at all. Um, Senate Democrats got that up to about $400 million, which is obviously a vast improvement. But um, really, our partners here in D.C., like the Brennan Center for Justice, are saying that really to implement all the changes that you need to um, vote safely this November, we're going to need $2 billion. So $400 million really doesn't even come close to the amount of money that we need. So that was not included. And that's really, really too bad because we're running out of time to do kind of an, an overhaul of in-person voting for November. So well, hold, hold that thought for a second, because I want to drill down on that in depth in just a second. But I want to get your thoughts on just a couple of other things that were in the bill that I know uh, we we very much don't like. One is the, the $500 billion in loans to corporations, cities and states. Um, this is going to be apportioned by Treasury Secretary Mnuchin. This is this is not yeah. good news. It's not good. No, it's bad. I mean, I think um, folks should go watch uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's speech that she gave just watched today. it. Yeah, this is, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's this is just she's absolutely correct. This is just a giveaway. Um, there are very few guardrails, if any, to prevent this from just becoming a huge slush fund for Trump's friends. Um, so none of the really good corporate accountability stuff that we saw in the original House bill made it into the Senate version, which is really unfortunate. A lot of that stuff was written by Elizabeth Warren herself. It would have forced the corporations taking this money to raise the minimum wage to 15 bucks. It would have um, banned them from using any of the money for stock buybacks, executive bonuses, um, for to use any of that money on lobbying, which is really critical because right. um, you don't want to give companies money and then allow them to use that money to lobby in their own interests after this pandemic <laughs> is over. That's pretty uh, yeah. straightforward stuff. Um, <laughs> it, it seems like common sense, but uh, but here we yeah. are. So all that stuff got taken out in the Senate version, and that's really, really unfortunate. It's just going to allow these corporations to just kind of run wild with this money. It's not going to require them them to center workers. It's not going to really require them to maintain payroll even. Um, and it, it gives Mnuchin a lot of discretion. And speaking of payroll, I know that one of the things that came in the bill was a suspension of employer side payroll taxes, which on its face sounds good. But uh, are, do you worry at all that that could be used as a way to cut back and hack away at Social Security? Yeah, you know, I'm not an expert on this, but I think 
that's something that Democrats really didn't want to have included in the bill. It just it's an, yet another tax cut for big corporations. None of it really is going to end up benefiting workers in the long run. I mean, there's a lot of really good worker focused provisions that the Democrats put forth that the Republicans just didn't want to include. And that's really too bad. I, this is um, I mean, it, when you compare what these companies are getting, huge tax cuts, billions of dollars versus what the average person's going to get something like $1,200 in one right. time. It's just completely unfair. It's totally out of sorts. And this was all stuff that Republicans fought for. And I think, like I said, I think the Democrats did their best and um, looking forward, we're going to keep pushing Democrats in the house, not to continue to capitulate to these terrible prov provisions. Like that's something that we're going to be fighting for in the fourth coronavirus package. But yeah, I was going to say Pelosi and Stanley Hoyer are talking about a fourth bill in May. So maybe just give us kind of a, a rundown of what you would like to see it, then, and sort of the things that you're going to want members to push for in future stimulus bills. Absolutely. Well, of course, like I said, the November elections are coming up. We don't know at this point where in, in this pandemic we're going to be. It might not be safe for people to go out and vote in person. Now, of course, in Washington state, y'all are lucky because you already vote entirely by mail, which is great. But not every state does that. Some states require you to have an excuse if you want to get an absentee ballot. Other states really have no robust way to vote by mail really at all. Um, so what we are going to be fighting for in the next one is to implement some of these really critical election reforms so that people can access the ballot, the election can go forward as planned without anybody's vote being disenfranchised. So we want to see expanded vote by mail. We want to see online, universal online voter registration or automatic voter reg registration. We want more early voting days. We want extended voting hours and extended voting deadlines. We want all that stuff to be in the bill. And then more importantly, we need that money to implement it. We need that $2 right. billion to implement all that stuff. That's going to be like our top priority trying to get that stuff in the bill. Of course, healthcare has to be the top priority, getting um, protective gear to frontline um, healthcare workers, provide economic relief directly to people. So instead of funneling it through corporations, just cut the check directly to people. Um, and that means, you know, making sure all of the policies are worker focused, not CEO focused. Yeah. And then we want to make sure that, you know, if we're, if we are creating some sort of like jobs program to like try to regenerate the economy when this is over, we want to make sure that those jobs are like green jobs, environmentally friendly jobs, not like bailouts for fossil fuel industries and things like that. So that's what we're going to be fighting for in the fourth one. Um, the voting piece, I think, is really, really critical. Um, I think Congress is now in recess for another month, and we just really don't have time to play games with the security of our election. This is the most important election of our lifetimes. So, Absolutely. So what can be done in the interim? So in the interim, you know, people are stuck inside, so they're not doing all the same, I think, like electoral work that they would want to be doing at about at a time like this. Um, but we are still... Um, we still have a lot of um, ways for folks to stay engaged even from home and even remotely. So we still have our payback project. That's paybackproject.org. People can go and they can sign up for texting shifts to text voters in um, states that have Republican senators. Our goal is to get as many of them kicked out of office this year as possible. Um, so they can go to paybackproject.org and text away to voters in like Arizona, North Carolina, 
Colorado and Maine and really try to do our best to not only elect a Democrat in the White House this fall, but also to make sure that that person has a democratically controlled Senate so that we can get some of our priorities taken care of. Um, Absolutely. So that's something that people can do from home. And so I would love to talk about some of the other things that Indivisible is recommending that people do. I mean, obviously, Indivisible has had to change its entire game plan for 2020, right? Yeah, it's a challenge, right? Because I think so much of election work is talking to people in person, you know, knocking on doors and going around and trying to convince people in person, having, you know, meetings at your house and things like that. But I think we've been really successful in getting people to do um, signing up for texting shifts, not just for the Senate, but for um, the presidential race. Also, we have been trying to get folks engaged um, with their Senate elections by making a lot of calls and then whoever wins the calling contest uh, will run an ad against their senator in their state. So Texas won big in our last oh, nice. um, competition, which is not surprising, I think, for for Texas. Um, so we're doing our best to try to shift to w- things that we can do um, from home. But it's for sure challenging. But I think what I've been really inspired to see is how much energy there still is out there among our groups to stay involved. Oh my God, Megan, you have no idea. I mean, there is so much energy right now. And people are like, (laughs) you know, I I think there's just an extraordinary sense of frustration from people because we we recognize the stakes right now. And and here we are stuck at home. And so you mentioned the payback project. And certainly we want to be pushing for safe and fair elections. What other sorts of things are you recommending that uh, members can do specifically from home? Yeah, you can still call your members of Congress, even though they might not physically be in their office. We know that those phone calls are getting forwarded to staff. So you can call them either at D.C. or their district offices and let them know what you want to see in the next coronavirus package. So my recommendation would be to say you want to see expanded vote by mail. You want to see more funding for election security this year. And you want to see worker focused Um, you know, policies included in that bill. So you can still make those phone calls and you can do that from home. And I will just pop in very quickly and say that I have a call script uh, written by Eli Gerber uh, that is just tremendous. uh, And I will post that up for uh, listeners at indivisiblepodcast.org. Eli is a hero of the script writing game for sure. Um, So, and you can also send postcards. So a lot of mail gets screened going into the house, but postcards don't. So um, if you're worried that for whatever reason, your voicemail might not get through to the right staffer or to your member of Congress, you can always send a postcard either to their district office or to their DC office. And all of that um, can be done from home. And I highly recommend that you do it. Um, I know some, uh, I think Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, both from, our 2020 presidential campaign election perspective are doing like live streams from their homes. You can stay engaged with those. I think they do them on like Instagram, Twitter, or whatever. You can ask them questions and keep, keep them accountable on some of our priorities for 2020 as well. Um, and th- those are like some big things that you can do. And also our, we're still moving forward with a lot of our um, statewide organizer calls, our national activist calls. Those are still happening and you can do the, all of those on Zoom. We have resources on our website to get people set up on Zoom or Google Hangouts or Facebook, whichever platform you want to use to try to stay in touch with folks. Um, we, we have that um, available on our website to help you get set up. Um, I think people are really um, picking up the ball and running with it. I know this is such a crazy time, but it's just been really incredible to see how many people are still calling into the national calls to the statewide calls 
and figuring out ways that we can still work together, even though we have to be kind of stuck inside mm -hmm. <laughs> for a yeah. while. But there's still a lot you can do. You can um, record a video in support of um, coronavirus relief, record a video about a candidate that you're supporting, whatever the case may be. Um, if you tag us in it, I'm sure our social media team would love to do um, to share it. So. Yeah, you mentioned that research page on how to organize while maintaining social distancing. And so I'll have that also for uh, for listeners. I think that's particularly instructive for team leaders who might happen to be listening out there. Um, you also recommend doing uh, community service, finding or making masks, spreading good information, things mm -hmm. like that, too, right? Yeah, I think um, there are patterns online for anyone who sews, who's listening. Uh, there are patterns online that you can do. And like if you have extra fabric around the house to make those reusable masks for um, frontline workers, that's something like kind of incredible and sweet that you can do right now. If you have neighbors who are immunocompromised who maybe can't go shopping for themselves, there's lots of like mutual aid things like that that you can do just in your community. And I think you know, there's lots of like political things that you can do from home, but also I think it's really important to check in with each other just on a personal level because this is really oh my hard God, yes. and really scary. Yeah. And, you know, I know Washington State's kind of like the epicenter of all this stuff. And so I know a lot of people need help out there. And um, it's just really important right now to just check in with people really just to say, how are you doing um, just on a basic human level? Because it's we really don't know how long that this is going to go on for just yeah. because the response has been so lacking. <laughs> that, that is a very nice and non-profane way of putting that. <laughs> I, I would just ask a couple of things just before you go. I know that Indivisible is offering some trainings and people will have some time on their hands uh, to maybe do some online trainings. What's available for members there? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so we are our national press secretary, Emily Phelps, is going to be offering a, a webinar about talking to local press that will still continue to be really important, even though um, people are mostly indoors. Um, press do want to know like what's going on on the state level um, as this pandemic, unfortunately, kind of spreads everywhere. So and Emily's great. She's a great tutor. She can teach you kind of some tips and tricks about getting your message out there to local news outlets in particular. And I know that our training team is kind of hunkering down right now and coming up with lots of really um, cool things that they want people to take part in um, over the next couple of months or so. And that's going to go live soon. So stay tuned for more updates. It'll be on our website and definitely shared out in our newsletter. So go ahead and sign up for the for our newsletter and we can keep you posted about all the new trainings that are coming up. But we'll have plenty for folks to do while they are stuck inside. I have not talked to you since uh, this since the impeachment, which, by the way, feels like a zillion years ago. I know. But I will just I just want to tell you before I let you go that your daily dispatches on what was happening with impeachment were extraordinary. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, they were uh, in a weird way. They were very fun to do, even though it was such an atrocious like moment in history yeah but i i just i love to try to make that stuff understandable it's such a weird moment and it almost never happens it's super confusing and so it was just it was really a blessing to be able to try to explain it for it folks. helped me we had a good time making it for yeah, sure. yeah 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 it was it was it was really really great to kind of look forward to it. and it's like okay good i've got somebody who can help me make sense of all <laughs> yeah, this stuff that's happening that you. seems so yeah, unprecedented we're gonna do more one day it's just you know we're stuck inside for the of time course. being, but we are going to make more videos soon. Well, you know, um, it's a tough time. I, I hope you're hanging in there. Um, I, I would just ask you any final world words generally to indivisible members listening right now. 
Yeah, I would just say keep up the great work. You guys are doing amazing. Every time I get an update from our organizing team or our training team about how many people called into a call, it's just, it's truly very inspiring. I know that this is like a really difficult time, but everyone is doing their level best and your best is really, really good. So I'm really proud to be a part of this. I'm really proud to be helpful in whatever way I can to try to push for our priorities on the federal level. And I would just say, keep doing what you're doing and hang in there. This is not forever. I promise. Thank you so much, Megan. I really appreciate it. Stay healthy, stay safe. And uh, please, uh, from Washington State, uh, give our, our thoughts and love to, uh, to everybody on your end. I will. Thank you so much for having me. Megan Hatcher-Mays is the Director of Democracy Policy for Indivisible. And that's it for today. I mentioned a lot of links today, all of which can be found at indivisiblepodcast.org. If you want to get in touch, our email address is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative Inc. and is part of the Demcast Podcast Network. Learn more about Demcast at demcastusa.com. Special thanks to Lori Caldwell. And as always, my thanks to you guys for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.